Let's go! What up, guys? This is the first episode of our brand new podcast. We're calling ourselves Binge Town, and we're going to be doing a lot of shows, but we're starting off with a recap of season six of the 100. It's at Excuse me, ahead of the season seven premiere tomorrow. I'm Brian, aka B Toms, here with Luke and Kathleen. Guys, let's get the shit started. Yeah, let's do it. So, where we left off last season, our heroes are finally all back together in Sanctum, right? Yeah, we're still in Sanctum, but as with every other season of The Hundred, it's like, what the fuck is the season gonna be? They're really good at making it a completely different show. So, even watching the trailer, I was like, okay, I mean, we have the anomaly, we know that, and Octavia got sucked into it, but I still have no idea really what this is actually going to be, and that's what I like about The 100. I'm definitely very interest, interested in the anomaly. I think that's going to be the main driving force, how we're going to get to an actual conclusion, because this show could go on and on and on forever. Space is unlimited. We we know about these new habitable planets now. Yeah. Um, so the material's there. It can go on forever. But I think this anomaly is going to be true endgame shit. And I think we're all going to walk away hopefully satisfied by how by how we get there. Well, that's the thing. It seems like it could go on forever. Unfortunately, we know that it won't. This is going to be the seventh and final season of the 100. So Wormhole that we know from the trailer, it has officially, the anomaly we think has officially been referred to as the Wormhole. Yeah. Um, and Raven, I believe it was in the trailer, Clark asks her, well, where does this lead? Raven responds with, everywhere. So what are we thinking? Where, where, where does it lead? Where are the characters going to go? What are they going to use this wormhole for? Well, even past that, there's going to be more than just the fact that it's going to be a transporter to different places across the universe, galaxy, whatever they're going to lean into. But we know that there's a time dilation aspect to this that's going to be very key. So the only information we have so far is that Dioza walked into the anomaly and out walked her fully grown daughter, correct? Exactly. Yeah. So Octavia coming out was also, which happened a little bit later, was her walking out same age, right? Like there was no... Was Gabriel it? picked up on that right away. He said little things like your hair's longer. Your arm's fixed. Your arms fixed, yes. So, so yeah. he picked up right away, like, the changes to your body could not have happened if you were only in there for how long it seemed you were in there. So creator Jason Rothenberg said it's not time travel. So we know that, like, meaning wherever they go, time moves faster, whatever it is, they're living through time, but not. it's not time travel. It's not like they're coming back from a different time, which is better. I, I don't, I'm glad. I think the words that Luke used for it are perfect time dilation. So you go right. into this anomaly, the wormhole, time moves differently yeah. than what everybody else is objectively experiencing. And that's definitely something I never, I didn't hear Jason say that, but yeah. that crushes um, something I was thinking about was cause, cause after this, we know that a, um, a, a prequel show for the hundred universe is coming. I don't know. I don't know if there's any release dates on that, but my original thought was that they could leave the door open for any, characters at the end of this season to go through the anomaly and somehow participate oh you in better that. stop oh yeah, i didn't even think there. about that I, I, I'm, I'm upset because you just obviously disproved that we're done with that one already yeah. so, so here's what i'm thinking and i've read a lot of stuff what jason said so bellamy's storyline this season um they said 
uh, finally they got back together, Bellamy and Octavia, side by side, like it was meant to be. Okay, so Bellamy, they're finally better, and now she's gone. She was stabbed. Hope stabbed her, and then she disappeared into the anomaly. So Bellamy's whole storyline is going to be trying to get a sister, his sister, his responsibility. But I feel like Clark is not really going to have much to do with the anomaly for some reason. Like, I feel like her whole storyline will be Sanctum, Russell Prime, controlling Sanctum. Maddie. It's weird to me that I, when I'm watching this, I'm like, okay, the anomaly is going to be the biggest part. But for some reason in my head, I'm like, I feel like Clark won't really have much to do with it. Let me jump in here because I have something <laughs> I wanted to say. Um, so specifically with Bellamy. Uh, I, I would say I'm I'm probably the resident uh, Reddit surfer of the group. Yeah. So like yeah, I yeah. usually have a decent pulse of a community depending on whatever fandom we're talking about here. So right now the what people are thinking about the trailer in the hundred community is there's a sub, there's a alarming lack of Bellamy in yep. the trailer. There's only I think two quick clips. He's also not in the post on the poster or the poster. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, so people aren't really sure. If this is gonna, if this says more about like the relations of the actors and the and the writer, if this says more about what they're gonna do with him in the show, but um, some people think that there there could be a, a couple episode gap maybe in the middle of the season where we're gonna not have Bellamy at all. So maybe that's their out to have the beginning of the show of the season focus on Bellamy and Octavia, but eventually maybe Bellamy's gonna be the one that goes through the anomaly and is gone for episodes. Mm -hmm. That could be either that or there's gonna be some surprising bomb ass twist with his plot that they just didn't want to spoil at all in the trailer which i would also be here for i hope we don't miss bellamy or yeah. get any gaps because he has in my opinion probably become my favorite character in the series from uh, there's other people i love me some raven but like bellamy since he was awful in the beginning i think he has really oh like God. turned his character entire arc. character around and he has become like a leader that people want to follow. And I think he has the most consistent, at this point in the series, at least the most consistent moral code. And he kind of sticks to his convictions probably since I would say the Mount weather incident where him and Clark. So I, I would agree. And if you talk to me during season three, I would disagree when he massacres 300 of the grounders exactly. uh, with Pike. And I think that that was a mistake on the writer's part. Um, but other than that, I mean, he, he turns it around pretty quick. He has a redemption arc. I mean, he's Bellamy. So I agree. And I would follow him anywhere. Yeah. Speaking of redemption arcs, uh, I would say Octavia is one of the most polarizing characters of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, blood Raina. Blood Raina. Yeah. One yeah. crew. Oh, I think yeah. she, she went through the craziest character transformation, all thanks to Ricky Whittle, who Lincoln, who was played, played Lincoln. Um, that was a really good good person for her to just kind of adapt her her, her storyline to kind of get make her into who she was eventually going to become. But the issue is she became so goddamn unlikable yeah. in season five, mm -hmm. two seasons ago, right? Yeah. When she made the decision to fucking burn all of the food supply that was going to give them their out to not have to storm the last green spot on Earth. That was the point. That was the part in me where I was done with Octavia forever. But she somehow managed to do it last season. She absolutely, I think, redeemed herself. I think she's going to come back to be one of the more important characters with this anomaly, obviously, because she's the only one that's going to have been through it and lived successfully. So I, I'm just so excited to see where they take Octavia. I wouldn't even be surprised if she's going to be the one that makes the last like noble sacrifice that preserves the rest of the crew. I 100% mm -hmm. agree that Octavia is going to make the ultimate sacrifice at some point. 
Yeah, she went from being, I think, like universally most people's favorite character in the first three seasons to the worst character. And I think she's on the redemption trail, which yep. is a good sign for Octavia. Another character who, I, I don't know, he never like fully commits to his redemptions, but Murphy. Yeah. Like probably the most, one of the most interesting characters in the show. I love me some Murphy. Um, oh my god, he's just always bullshitting people. Like, I know. Well, he never changes ideas. He wants to fucking survive. That's what he wants to do. And even in like the last episode when it's him and Amori, he was gonna let Amori just go sacrifice, like, or mm-hmm. put herself at risk. Like, he Het is a one-track mind, and while I fucking love Murphy, I mean, at least he's consistent. He's grown a lot, but... Well, that's kind of one of the big themes of the show in general, is like, Everybody, all the characters that have made it this far are obviously survivors, like, and they are all surviving in their own different ways. Murphy does it one way, Clark does it a complete other way, and they both get resented for it because Clark, wherever she goes and wherever she survives, it seems like inevitably people die in her wake, as you have, what do they call her? Uh, Juanheda. Juanheda, yeah, yeah, like the bringer of (laughs) death or whatever the hell that was, badass, by the way, and Murphy does it a completely other way, he just kind of survives by being that rat that just plays both side sides of the fence but like i mean like within the first five episodes he was being hanged at the noose and he's like come on i feel like that must have been i don't know that they had all of this and for a plan for murphy like i feel like the actor himself showed up and impressed the creator so much that he was like all right murphy's now a character because i agree i mean he is phenomenal can we use this part to talk about our hopes for what we want this season to end, or is it, am I jumping the gun here? Um, no, I'm good with that. Because I would be so upset if Murphy dies at any point in the season. If there's as long as long as it's not a complete human extinction, Murphy needs to be alive at the end just to absolutely solidify the cockroach metaphor that he just embodies. You know, no matter what happens he's going to live. That's so. why I think he's safe because they've spent so much time committing to the fact like he is expendable within the group. He doesn't really bring all that much to the table other than the fact that he does survive. The only thing that I think this season specifically, I think he's starting to show that he is putting Amori above himself. Sometimes he's showing that. Yeah. Which is only recent though, because they did break up. They broke up and now he's back and he's ready to do. And I think she is just like in John Murphy's eyes. Amori is just slight little bit above his own life which is, is gigantic life, for him which is enormous for him so and that's the only thing i could see him sacrificing himself for amori hopefully it doesn't happen and if john lives i think amori's also so safe. they both have mind drives so uh the people of sanctum think they're primes they're obviously not they wiped those mind drives or those two primes gave them to murphy and amori so i think that's gonna play out like even murphy in the last episode is like okay but if i die to gabriel you're bringing me back and he's like no i'm fucking not <laughs> but it's like they're gonna like even if death is close, like John is going to fall back on the mind drives and be like, you have to bring me back. I mean, he's petrified yeah. of dying. So that's going to play a part in their storyline well, moving forward. And the reason that like his whole thing, now he hates death even more because if you remember at the beginning of the hell. season, he died mm-hmm. and he went to hell. <laughs> like he came back and he was just like, whoa, I was dead. Wasn't I? He was just like, yep, you were. He was just like, well, I, I wasn't in heaven. I was in fucking hell. And that sucks. So, yeah, he's not trying to die for sure. That said, Gabriel's already said he's not bringing him back. Yeah. Is there anybody else in the group that could possibly be bring him or Amori back? I think Jackson could do it. Raven could figure it out. That's That's all been a whole thing in the 100. Like, people are just smarter than they should be. It's just like, oh, my God, like, 
we have this impossible equation someone figured out. Raven's just like, oh my god, that's like kindergarten okay, for me. Okay, well, let's focus on that for a second. Raven is hands down the most underutilized character. Lindsay Morgan is an amazing actress, and they haven't given her an actual storyline in years. Her last thing was her leg, do the alley stuff. She hands down, they wouldn't have been able to get through it without her. But since then, she's completely underutilized. Unfortunate. For Raven as a character, though, she kind of is in that second tier of characters. Like, she's never going to get as much screen time or, like, the important, like, meaty plot points as a Clark or a Bellamy or an Octavia. I disagree with that because she is she not besides besides Bellamy, Clark and Octavia and Murphy, who has been there longer than Raven as no one. No one. But I also think Raven and Murphy are on that same. I agree. She's not Bellamy and she's not. Clark, she's not the the top on the call sheet type of person, but right. she's number four or she's number three. Right, right, right. Like I think Lindsay Morgan, I don't know. She, it just seems like if they weren't gonna do something with her, they could have made it an epic death. You yes. know what I mean? And it's like if you're not gonna utilize her, then why keep her around? Like I know, like Harper wasn't doing anything basically, but we loved her because she was with Monty and whatever. And they killed them off, and it was devastating. You know what I mean? It's so sad, but so uplifting and good. But, like, to me, if you're not going to give this amazing character an awesome storyline, then kill them off and make it an amazing death. Yeah, I agree. Not that I want her gone. I won't disagree with you there. Like, they, because the powerful deaths are what make shows, separate good shows from great shows. Unexpected deaths like that. And they definitely had opportunities to kill her off. But... So, so the out of the originals, well, we have we have out of the best characters left. I would say we have Clark, Bellamy, Murphy, Raven, Octavia. That's that's pretty much the best group of characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Call them binge crew. Yeah. And then what we have <laughs> left is is Echo, who's been there since season two. But do either of you guys feel any sort of attachment outside of Bellamy's connection with Echo as even? I like Echo as a character, and they actually gave her backstory, Ugh. and it was a pretty cool backstory. Ugh. Like when they were kids. I agree. Was that person from a, what do they call it? Like Ice Nation? They're Ice it, Nation, yeah. Okay. So it was Queen Naya, I think her name was. Mm-hmm. or Na- Naya, right. yeah. Um, she's the Ice Queen, and it's the, if you recall, it's the two little girls. And you're, you're actually not sure which one is hers because she's the actual wussy kid. Yeah. Like you think since it's Echo, it's like the savage girl, but it's not. And I, I agree with you, B-Towns. Like that was a good scene, and I like Echo. I don't mind. I just think. That you're right. They're giving Echo more than they are giving Raven. I mean, like like I've always said, Lindsay Morgan or Raven is the morality of the show. Like, she's never done anything bad. Like Clark says in a past episode, she's like, we've all done things to compromise our humanity. And she says, not me. Because she hasn't. She hasn't done anything. She's had a lot of reactionary acting off of other people's storyline. Like, Abby went through that whole, like, pain med addiction raven was kind of like the victim of that um maddie in this new season had shade hada and had to have the flame removed raven was the one that had to remove the flame or at least you know remove shade hada from the flame chip so like yeah you're right she has never gotten that true protagonist storyline i really i really hope that they took they're gonna take the opportunity of abby's death by clark's hand another another lever analogy that clark has been living through the entire series that I hope they use this opportunity to bridge any sort of drama between Clark and Raven. Cause I was getting so sick of just like, come on, you guys are the squad. Like we yeah. don't need to waste time 
this deep into the series. I, I get where Raven's coming from. She hates Clark because Clark always has the power to decide the fate of other people. Yep. And she always ends up most of the time killing them, you know, but we got, we got to squash that. Like, and I, I think that's what, how this season's going to kick off is going to be Clark uh, dealing with the funeral with having Maddie as emotional support. Yep. And then that's going to be a perfect opportunity to get binge crew all back on the same page we're fucking done with the drama. It's us versus the world. We got to end this shit right. They did reconcile a little bit. Like, they had a moment in the last episode when the flame was taken out. They embraced, and Raven just kind of whispered, like, I'm sorry about Abby. So, like, I think they're both on the same page that we want them to be. I, I hope Which that. Which is good. I agree. They're two yeah. awesome characters. I mean, all I, uh, my whole life is friendship. That's all I want. I, I'm dying. <laughs> like, when last season, when they find out, I, I guess that's actually season five, when they find out. Clark's alive and they put and Bellamy puts her on the radio and Raven and Murphy are like holy shit after six years yeah like they thought she sacrificed for them which she did but that was an amazing moment so fleeting so so fleeting but I I hope that's one of my like love stuff I have in quotes on my thing I'm like I need them to be friends by the end of this you guys can tell how much we love Raven like we have spent couple yeah. minutes on yeah, Raven already. We want more for Raven. Let me reiterate. I don't want her to die. I didn't no, want them to kill no, her no, off, no, no. but I'm I'm saying it more of like, give her something. Please, give her. She can take it. She could be the lead of this show. So, okay, let's hypothesize, and I don't want to put you on the spot. You're the writer, Kathleen. Okay. What do you write for Raven this season? Like, I hate what to say this, but why do I feel like in order for them to be a main, like, plot point there has to be some sort of love interest <laughs> like i hate to say that but i agree it's hard to write like if you're not clark and you're not bellamy with these huge storylines it's hard to write raven as with her own b plot you know she did have a little bit she of that shaw yeah that's exactly. that, that out felt, yeah that real felt, quick that felt yeah. a little forced i agree like, uh, well you know you know clark plays for both sides so i could see a little raven clark bellamy's that would be fucking wow. amazing that'd be so hot Wait, I, I saw something on reddit that was like people are shipping gaia and clark now i'm like jesus they're just going <laughs> they're like who's hey, you to know say what? I'm in. I'm in. You convinced me. I'm in. Clark Raven. Raven. Let's do it. I'm by no means saying that Raven needs a fucking love interest to be the OG because she is. She's the best. But I don't know what that looks like because I suck at writing. But I'm excited to see where they take her. Side note: Her first love interest, I thought, was going to be a great character. I loved the character. I can't even remember his name because he just exited. He exited off of like a. He was. He was was like like, a goofy goofster. He was like an engineer. He was. He was useful. He was smart. He he fit her charisma a little bit. Yeah. And he. I think that. Might have been something to do with the actor himself, but how did they cut they, him out of the show? They, like, did they didn't. They said some. They put one line in like the beginning of a pilot of the season he le- like the season after he left, saying like, "Oh, he went to do that." Like he, they, they did put yeah. a line in there, and it was bullshit because he was a good character, and he felt like he to me he was more likable than fucking Echo or Amori. And I, I hope I'm oh, not I alone in the Amori hate because Amori, I, she's fine for Murphy, but like I don't care about her even a little bit well they made it hard to love amori just because she was such a snake in the beginning like uh, again just like echo but i feel like they gave more to echo amori amori's like arc and character building all happened on the ship like when her and murphy broke up like in the six year time jump we're supposed to just believe okay amori is now space crew that's like she is she is binge crew now and we had no she's not binge crew binge crew is a very selective she was on the ship with monty harper amori was on the ship with it was amori murphy harper monty bellamy and echo right those were the six that were surviving on the ship dude she's binge crew she's binge love it or not speaking of which though josephine had a great dig on amori 
when like her Murphy and Amori were like debating getting those two immortal and she was just like because obviously if you're immortal you're gonna get a new body Josephine as Clark was just like uh you must be so ready to get rid of that. Yeah. <laughs> like, looking Wait, at the hand. And also, like, fucking miss Josephine. I know. I'm ready. Well, this is a s- seamless um, transition because Until I that. just want to say Eliza Taylor playing Clark as Josephine is some of the best subtle acting. We. It's truly like she should have won an award, some sort of award for it. How can you literally are playing the same character for five full seasons and then Early on in season six, they made her completely switch, and that is just a testament to how much Eliza Taylor as an actor has grown since season one, episode one. Come on, give me a break. Like, you're like a young CW actor. She is like a full-fledged ace now. Bad bitch. Yeah. Me and Luke just, like, exchanged a look. We we That was the first thing we covered on the car ride over. I was just like, oh, my God. Clark acting as Josephine, like, with the freaking hair twirl. Like, she was acting like such a bitch, like, to everybody. She had those subtle comments, even, like, she convinced the Lightborns that she was Josephine. Exactly. So I actually read a thing where, so, she was Josephine, and then when she when she came back out and was Clark acting like Josephine. So Eliza Taylor was Josephine. She was playing Josephine in Clark's body. So she was 100% Josephine. Mm -hmm. And that's acting. When she's faking as Josephine, as Clark, Jason was literally like, like Eliza Taylor made a choice to be 25% less Josephine. Uh, like, so that's she, amazing. It, it's that truly is. amazing. Like, how do you even, like, the subtleties? I'm just so, I have chills thinking about it. I'm real quick, up. though, for our millions <laughs> of followers, some of them might not know. <laughs> who is Jason? Could you just real quick say Jason? Yeah, Jason Rothenberg is the creator of the show. He's the, he is the, um, he's, he's the big boss. He's the showrunner. Yeah. He, and he's pretty, okay. he's pretty interactive with the community. He does pride himself on on trolling the community and fucking with them yes. and their expectations but he's definitely very aware of how the show is received how it's talked about so i i think that's an absolute strength in any writer because i agree yeah yeah because we care about these fucking characters and if you don't care enough about how we care i don't care about you wait so i have that's amazing by the way <laughs> i have like okay so something i want to talk about should they make everybody a nightblood Okay, so our Nightbloods right now are Gabriel, Clark, Maddie, Echo, Murphy, and Amori. We know that they might be hopping planets at some point, and we know that Nightblood helps with radiation and other things. Should we be making everybody in Sanctum a Nightblood? And you brought that up too, Luke, when we were talking earlier. What would be holding them back from that? Because we, w- we were kind of talking, didn't they discover two different ways to produce Nightblood. Maybe you remember it better than we did. One of which requires zero gravity to produce, and that's how they turned Kane into a Nightblood. But then when they were all on the, like, pyres about to get lit on fire, Murphy was just like, no, wait, bone marrow. And that was a different way to produce Nightbloods, which doesn't require zero gravity. But it hurts the person you're taking it from, meaning, like, Maddie was getting physically affected by it, and they knew she was going to die if it kept up. So I think it's still... It's still more limited, but all of fucking all of the main good characters should I agree should be Nightbloods. To speak to that, I think it's self-sustainable because from Maddie's bone marrow, Abby turned her into a Nightblood, and then right. they gave other people bone marrow from Abby right off the bat. So Ooh, you're right. That can be like a multiplying effect. So I don't think that's a problem. Yeah. So I don't think there is any barrier to them producing as many Nightbloods as they want. And if that's the case, yes, everybody in Sanctum, everybody who's going to be traveling to a different world should be turned into another. And if blood. that's the point, they have to ban the mind, the mind drives. They have to be like, okay, we're not fucking doing this anymore. So being a Nightblood isn't like <clears throat> we're not going to steal your body yeah. and uh, make you into 
Murphy or something. But a, a, another thing to piggyback off of what you guys have been saying, I just think that like they're the only reason you would want to be a Nightblood, the main reason is at this point in the story is complete radiation protection. So the only people that I think it would be priority to turn them into Nightbloods are the ones we're going to start sending into the anomaly where we don't know what's going to happen to them. Because the, the planet we're on now, we've seen no signs of just of them needing to be a Nightblood to survive. I don't think that's the only incentive because we do know that there are more mind chips left at the end of this past season. I know for a fact, like Jordan has Priya's mind chip right now. Yes. And he's irrationally in love with her slash Delilah. So an incentive for being a Nightblood is hosts still. That's still a storyline. And Russell is still alive. Mm -hmm. So he's going to be plotting to get all of them back. I don't think, like, whether or not the mind chips of all the primes are in hosts right now, I don't think they're all destroyed. Josephine is gone. She's gone from the mind space. So she's been wiped. But I think Simone is still out there in a mind no, because she got floated. Okay, so a lot of them are gone forever. But, like, Priya's still out there. So that's still an incentive for being in Nightblood. Jordan is an interesting character because he has that Monty Harper peacefulness inside of him. But he's also never known human beings besides his mom and dad. So he is so vulnerable, as you can see. He has got the ritual and is now just whacked out. So we yeah. have no idea what that boy is going to do. Oh, my gosh. He's the lasting legacy of Monty and Harper. How upsetting, because he does not seem like a good character. Like, one of the notes that I had after the season, I was just wrote down, is Jordan bad now? Right. Like, he's going to be That's an antagonist. That's the vibe I got at the end. He, exactly. He's he not going to be. Sanctum, not Team yes. Finch Group. Yes, yes, yes. Even though he did. he How old is Jordan again? Is he? He's. he's yeah, so even though he grew up on the stories of Earth Crew, he didn't live that. All he ever knew his life was just through a second sor- second-hand source of Monty and Harper. So he as much as as much as he idolized these legends when he when he's thinking about meeting all these people which we we saw in the first episode, I I feel like B Toms, I think that his his allegiance is going to be more towards his own form of what he thinks is pure good and not towards Binge Crew. That said, Regardless of whether or not Jordan is team binge crew, binge crew is team Jordan. Because as far as binge crew is yes. concerned, yeah. Jordan is Monty. Yes. Jordan exactly. is. They need to protect him at all they costs. They have. They, yes. He's yeah. going to be a fucking prick in their side, though. Because, like, you could just tell how they how they were writing his character towards the end. Like, there's going to be some conflict centered around making him believe in them again before we can resolve this season. Too true. Absolutely. So he's going to be an issue for our heroes going forward. I think he's going to be an antagonist. That plot will get resolved though, because one of the things about the heroes of this show is that they will go to extraordinary lengths, irrational lengths to protect their own. Like if there's a 1% chance of getting them back and a 99% chance of everybody dying, they're going for that 1%. And they usually pull it off because they're awesome. Um, Do we think he's going to be in cahoots with Russell at some point? So, okay, here's the thing. So, we have the anomaly. Do you think Russell Prime is our main big bad of of the season again? Do we think he's the big bad? Are they going to introduce other humans? Like, other... We need a bad guy. In the trailer... Well, Russell, like, how can he be a bad guy, though? Because they have him so under wraps. The last time we saw him, Maddie commanded the entirety of one crew army to just, like, surround... Like, he's the only person that's... Like well, ba- on well, based Russell. on the he trailer, have any muscle to back we're gonna get we're gonna get into a position very very early in the season where Clark is going to be putting Russell. He's she's going to be executing Russell. 
that's going to be the plan. Right. And we already saw a little clip of that in the trailer saying something like tomorrow Russell, I think it was tomorrow Russell Prime dies for mistakes or something, mm-hmm. something like that. Yep. Um, and I think they wouldn't put that in the trailer. That's not happening. We we can almost guaranteed guess Clark's not going to just shoot him in the head, in the head point yeah. blank. That might be her her um, chance to basically not pull the quote unquote lever exactly. and just kind of show a little bit of growth. Maybe that pushes Raven a little bit closer to her showing that she's developing and growing as a moral person. And that could even be part of the reason that Jordan becomes, you know, team uh, team us. So that, that's just where I'm thinking. I, I don't know what else they can do with Russell because he's not going to be, he's not going to have his own army. He doesn't have his own, he doesn't have his support. Like, I don't know how he, he's not too threatening. What do you think? Like, how else are we going to deal with Russell? So I think what's going to happen with Russell is, I think I actually just said earlier the opposite of this, but I think he will be in cahoots with Jordan because Russell is going to approach Jordan to some extent and say, hey, scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, I'll help you get Priya back in a host, and you can have Ooh, you can be good. with Priya. That's good. So that's how I, I envision that's how the team-up's going to happen. I don't think Clark – the trailer alludes to Clark saying he's got to answer for his crimes. I'm going to execute him. No. Clark at some point has got to grow from the Juan Hata vibes, and I think it's going to be something like Russell's going to stand trial, weasel his way out of actual death and just be like in jail or something. He'll get out of it, and eventually he'll die because he's an antagonist, and that's what happens to bad people in this show. That, that was good. You, you convinced me there. I think, yeah. I think Priya is going to be a prime motivation for Jordan betraying – one uh betraying our main characters so um, yeah otherwise the chip just wouldn't be there um but we are kind of running out of time here so i want to pose what do we want to do the bank kill mary sure we're gonna do a little mary fuck kill here for for fun we're gonna do it every episode um this isn't of all time kind of of the series because we don't have an episode to talk about but so we're gonna do mary fuck kill with lexa my bae my bae best bae lexa (laughs) Raven and Octavia, the killer brunettes. I could start here because I just, okay. if you couldn't tell. And we're doing it early- by characters, not actresses. Okay, okay. And if you couldn't tell from earlier in the in the podcast, we're pretty passionate about Lindsay Morgan over here at uh, Bingetown. So hmm. I'm gonna just going to put it out there that we're mar- I'm marrying Raven. She's going to be number one. And then when it comes to Lex and Octavia, <laughs> hmm, I think – Characters remember. My answer absolutely would have been different if last season's redemption arc didn't do it for me for Octavia. So I'm sorry to do this to you, Kathleen, but no. I'm gonna have to kill Alexa. It can't be true. Second time. <laughs> no. <laughs> Tag. I can go next. Yeah, uh, we do love Raven here, and it's going back to that moral compass. You know, she would be the kind of girl that you want to marry. You can bring Raven home to Ma. You can't do that can with the Commander Alexa. I mean, <laughs> come on now. But what you can do is bang Alexa, and that's what I intend to do. <laughs> So we're going to marry Raven, we're going to bang Lexa, and sorry, but yeah, Octavia's dead. The redemption arc wasn't that good. It was great, though, but it wasn't that good. <laughs> so yeah, that's my answer. We got um, it. I'm going to have to say the same as B-Toms, and Lexa, while she is my fucking girl, I'm just going to stick with fuck, because you I'm have shocked. to marry Raven. I mean, I'm shocked. Lexa, I mean, you got to kill Octavia, and the reason is, Lexa's in the girls, and I happen to be one. She's going to know her way around. <laughs> Yeah. So we're going to fuck Lexa, marry Raven, and kill Octavia. If you didn't notice, yes, that wasn't a 10-year-old boy. Kathleen is, in <laughs> fact, a girl that's I been on the podcast female. with us. 
Um, but I think that does it as far as content. We're going to be following season seven of the 100 as it comes out with a podcast after every episode. If you're picking up what we're putting down, give us a follow on Twitter. We're going to have the YouTube channel up soon. This is going up on Spotify and hopefully the podcast app. Um, that's all we got, guys. Binge Later, bitches. Binge Town, one word. Binge Town, yes. Follow us on Binge Town. We love this show. Let's go.